And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. I am Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer, another episode of 1% Better. And we are talking right now in the aftermath of the Colts' 41-21 victory over the Detroit Lions at Ford Field. They're 5-2, and two, folks, and moving on to... That dreaded meat of the schedule. But uh, I will tell you this, Zach, and I will let you opine. I feel better about their chances after what I saw today. And I know, I know, I know you're not supposed to ride the roller coaster, as these coaches always say. And we you're get not all, supposed we, to buy into the momentum. Doesn't yeah, Frank th- tell just us get, that just every, get 1% better. Three times blah, blah, blah. a week, every week. But that being said, I'm riding the mo- I'm riding the roller coaster. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Am, am I just being swayed by the usual NFL nonsense, or is there something to that in your opinion? I'm, from I'm what buying, you saw today, I'm buying what you're saying, and I agree. And, and maybe I should correct myself. We can we can ride the momentum. We're not in the team. Yeah. We're not in the locker room. It's our podcast, um, damn it. Came out today. They were asleep for the first half, uh, the first quarter. Um, looked bad, gave up a block punt, gave up a touchdown, seven zip hole. And for me, and this is what I wrote, and I just filed my story, everything changed. It wasn't the Naheem Hines touchdown, although we'll get to that in a minute. It was when Quentin Nelson got ticked off and Phillip Rivers got ticked off after that late hit. So instead of a, you know, they're getting out of field goal position because the sack was seven yards and they were going to be 57 yards away, you know, they get a, First down, deep in Lions territory, and it seemed like they just kind of had their momentum picked up, and they were kind of ticked off, and from there, they just absolutely routed the Lions. I mean, it was 34-14 the rest of the way. Colts put up 41 points today, which is their most in two years, and and I and I agreed with you. Um, I see a more balanced team. Do you see that? Early on, it was the defense that was dominant, and the offense was kind of just finding its way. I see a team that has a pretty good offense right now, at least the last two weeks, that's much more balanced heading into the Ravens, Packers, Titans, murderous stretch. Yeah, I think in general, overall, this team is finding itself. I really believe that. And and that has manifested itself in in several ways. It it has manifested itself uh, certainly on offense. The, The passing game has been, you know, a work in progress, right? I mean, they they. I don't think they've really gotten the opportunity to be who they want to be necessarily up until now, you know, between injuries and just the lack of preseason and trying to figure out, you know, where they're going and who they're doing it with. I mean, there's so many variables that I think we just glossed over and, you know, but, but again, it's the NFL. No one gives a shit. Right. But, but all I'm saying is those things are still real and maybe, you're seeing a team now playing its way into midseason form. You know, they came off a bye. They looked like a team 
that was prepared after those early hiccups. And I saw a lot of a, a lot to, to to grow on or to to build on, I should say, out there. And then I talked about offensively and then defensively, I am really starting to see them, I think, growing there too. And now they have been playing well defensively as it was, but you're starting to see them do some more things on defense that we haven't seen. We've seen more blitzes. We've seen some other types of coverages. We saw different guys. Yeah, we saw Kenny Moore trick Matt Stafford today uh, into that interception. He thought Matt. He thought Kenny Moore was dropping out of there into coverage and wasn't going to be in that throwing lane. And guess what? They showed them a coverage they hadn't shown them all day, and it ended up being a pick six. So what I'm getting at is they are, I think, starting to hit their stride both on the field and in terms of the coaching and in terms of, I think, just their their confidence in who they are and what they are. Uh, because a lot of those things, I think, have been in flux. So yeah. I, I see a lot of positive developments. Um, let me ask you, uh, offensively today, it was it, it looked like it was one-sided at first, right? A lot of, certainly, a lot of success throwing the ball. They couldn't yeah, run the, the ball o- to save their offensive life. offensive line looked terrible. We need to point that out. The offensive line but looked then, terrible early. Yeah, but I thought they acquitted themselves well late in the game, and I think that allowed them to close it out. I, I mean, what what did you see, and was how much of that was just Detroit playing well up front, and they are good up front? Yeah. Uh, just what were your thoughts offensively? Just what summarize what you saw today. Here's what stood out to me, and I want to get your take on this as well. I'm starting to see what Philip Rivers looks like as a really good quarterback. Like, I didn't know what it looked like the first four or five weeks because when they won, he was an accessory. They were beating the crap out of the Vikings and the Jets, and he didn't need to do anything special. And when they lost, he was he was the guy that was leading the way. You know, he was making the mistakes. And so I didn't know what it looked like when this team had a quarterback play really well. We've had that for two weeks in a row, and I don't want to hear Bengals and I don't want to hear Lions because, one, the Bengals beat the Titans today. And I thought two weeks ago the Titans were the best team in football. Shows you what I know. But – Secondly, it's a week-to-week league, and and I know Ballard and Reich preach this all the time, but it is the truth. Just about every team not named the Jets can win any Sunday. And the Colts went to Jacksonville week one and lost, and and now the Jags haven't won since. So, look, you got to beat the team in front of you. And Rivers, I'm starting to see why he's really good. The anticipation is, is, is incredible, especially in the face of a lot of pressure today. When they would bring the pressure, that was when he was at his best. The touch throws down the field, and I love that he took some shots. And you're starting to see an offense that's playing like Frank Reich wants it to play. Remember last year how ticked off Frank Reich was? And we don't see him mad very often, but he was really mad the day after the season ended. And he was talking about the quarterback position and throwing the football. And he took offense to a question. I don't know who asked it, but he was like, look, we're going to throw the football. People around here know what good quarterback play looks like. He's talking about Andrew Luck. He's talking about Peyton Manning. And he knows how bad it was down the stretch last year. And that's why you go pay Phillip Rivers $25 million. Now we're seeing a quarterback who's worth $25 million. Phillip Rivers has been excellent the last two weeks. In a lot of the ways you don't see in the game, and Frank mentioned this earlier, like the checks he's getting them out of. You've heard kill, kill, you know, on the on the audio copy of the game. But um, I'm starting to see what this team looks like with a good quarterback. And I haven't seen that really since 18, to be honest. Um, and it's fun. I feel like the offense is catching up to the defense. I loved what the defense did today. I'm buying that group all year. Um, 
pretty complete team. They're going to go into a really tough stretch coming up, and, and we'll see how they shake out. But um, they're in good shape, and I feel that both, like you said, both with the players, they're getting healthier, and then also the coaches are starting to do what they want to do. Pretty good team I think they have right now. I agree. I, you know, I will say this about Phillip Rivers. I have I've, I've hesitated to be too strong in my comments one way or the other. Right. I've tried to be measured because yeah. I think we it's been hard to kind of figure it out. Right. I, I've tried to I've struggled to figure out, OK, who is this guy? What is this guy? And, and and even before they played, even before the season started, I was of that opinion. Like, OK, I know what he can do, but I need to see it. You know, that was kind of my yeah. take on the whole thing. It's like, show me, don't tell me. And. I, that's my approach anyway. But as we as we kind of got uh, two or three or four games into the season, I still was of the opinion like, okay, they're winning, they're three and one, but like not because of him. <laughs> so yeah, you know, how do I feel about this quarterback? I don't know. And then they go to Cleveland, and you know what happened there. And so I, every week it's been like I've been kind of racking my brain trying to figure out, okay, how do I make sense of this? So I say all that this long winded line of nonsense to make this point i am starting as you just said it's really getting to the point you made to some extent i'm I'm starting to get a better picture of what he is and i think if the game we saw in cleveland is the outlier and not the norm then they're going to be fine oh that's that's what frank reich signed up for yeah that's that's what i was told like like we know he can make some bonehead plays, but he overall he's going to be worth it. And and we just hadn't seen that. I just hadn't seen it. You hadn't seen it, so I didn't know it was coming. Well, and I will tell you this: I've some of the the best plays he's making right now are actually not plays that you're going to see on the highlights tonight. <laughs> there are plays where he either throws the, throws the ball away or takes a sack. There was he took a sack earlier today where I was kind of like, eh, that's a bad sack. But the alternative was worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the alternative was throwing the ball up into coverage and having a bad outcome, you know, and it really is okay sometimes to take a sack. He only got sacked twice, uh, maybe had a couple throwaways, but I mean, this is a, a pretty efficient game. 23 of 33, 262, three touchdowns, and most of all, no interceptions. And, I was going to say the same thing. To. The most important number on that stat line is zero interceptions because that's yeah. how he's beaten the Colts and they're only two losses of the year. But 123 rating, whatever you want to say about quarterback rating in this league, mm-hmm. that was a dang good game for Phillip Rivers. And it really did feel like at times that he was carving up the Lions defense. They had three straight scoring touchdown drives in the second quarter. That's really when they took control. And then the Lions tightened it up late. You know, it was still a two-score game with 12-15 left, plenty of time. And the Colts had that long five-minute drive where they got the touchdown from Trey Burton. So yeah. um, it, it's it's fun to watch this team with a quarterback that can pick apart a defense again. We haven't seen it for a while, to be honest. It's it's definitely it's kind of new right now. No question about it. Um, so the the interesting thing for me, or one of the interesting things, was – all right, they completed 23 passes today. No one caught more than three balls. And I think this is another uh, extension of, of what we're talking about when we say, all right, who are they going to be and what are they going to be? Well, here's an example. They're a team that's going to get a lot of guys involved. I actually love this. All right, here's a team today. T.Y. Hilton, even though he's having sort of a down season, 
he still was their leading receiver in terms of yards coming into this game. Uh, Ty had the what he had two catches for nine yards today. Then gets hurt, misses yeah. the whole second half, and is basically a non-factor in this game. And they still get all these. It, it didn't matter. Is my point. I mean, and and that's what you want to see. I mean, they got multiple running backs involved in the passing game, multiple tight ends, and certainly multiple wide receivers. Uh, they are. Exactly what Frank Reich has talked about. He always, always, always talks about, and not just this year, but from day one, has always talked about being multiple on offense. Yes. This is the definition of being multiple. 11 okay? guys caught passes today. Their leading Incredible. receiver is five foot nine, and he's a running back, and his name's Naheem Hines, and he was catching <laughs> downfield go routes in the end zone and doing cartwheels and flips over himself. Shout out to Naheem. One man circus. The f- I mean, I'll be honest. I texted you guys this during the game. The first touchdown where he made the spin on the sideline and then jumped in, I just blurted out, holy shit, in my living room because it was (laughs) such a stunning play. And that's nothing to knock Naheen's athleticism. We all know how fast and how much of a special athlete he is. But it just was so surprising to me. Um, And then they just got rolling. I mean, Zach Paschal, Marcus Johnson, Moelle Cox, Jordan Wilkins, who may or may not have become the Colts' starting running back today, whether Frank Reich wants to admit it or not. But you were, you hit it dead on. That was the offense. They don't have a number one receiver anymore. I mean, Philip, yeah. you know, T.Y. Hilton is, and he can, will continue to be on the depth chart, but he's not the number one target. This is a multiple formation, multiple attack offense, and there's no featured guy. And that's kind of how Frank Reich wants it. Obviously, you want to have a healthy, dominant T.Y. Hilton, but in the event that that doesn't happen, we nothing hints that that's going to happen. Um, they're moving the ball around extremely well. They're balanced. And clearly, Phillip Rivers has no problem doing that. So contrast what the Colts did in the absence of their, you know, quote-unquote star receiver, if you want to call T.Y. that anymore. That's up to you. But contrast that versus what... Uh, happened with the Lions today. Kenny Galladay goes down as well. So both teams missing their number one receiver. Uh, what the Lions in turn did was they forced the ball a lot to to Hawkinson. Yeah, he had ten targets today. Uh, Hall had seven, and Marvin Jones had seven. So I mean, they 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 sort of centralized their targets in those three guys. Now it, there's nothing wrong with that. All I'm saying is it's it's a much different. Uh, situation for a team like that because they don't involve nearly as many guys as the Colts do. And this is becoming a a weekly thing. And this is another byproduct of Phillip Rivers, right? It's just, it's what he does. And I actually think, as I said, I think it's a good thing. And Frank Reich added this, I believe it was Frank Reich, and maybe even Phillip said this as well earlier uh, during post-game interviews, that makes them harder to defend. Okay. Yes. So think about this. One of the biggest plays in the game today was is not in the box score. It's Ashton Doolin taking his man down the field and drawing the pass interference for 40 yards or something. And do you such. remember what Frank said about that? Philip yes. knew the coverage and he knew they'd have a shot and he knew they'd have a good chance to get a PI call. He threw it. He threw it where it couldn't get intercepted outside shoulder. Doolin almost came up with it, but there was the P.I. call. That's a touchdown. The little stuff like that, I feel like we've seen and felt so much more of that the last two weeks where Rivers is really in command of the game. And I'm starting to see what Frank has been talking about for the last year and a half, right? 
Phillips yeah. is the smartest quarterback I've ever been around. I'm starting to see that. Um, and, and that's where you win games, and that's what makes a difference, and that's how a 38-year-old quarterback can still be so effective. You know, I always believed that he, he was the smartest quarterback that Frank Reich has worked with, although didn't he work with Peyton Manning? I don't know. That's an odd statement. <laughs> Maybe he's Anyhow. taking shots at Peyton. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Peyton, I think he said, I think he said Let's correct it. He said Philip was one of the smartest quarterbacks that have ever played the game. So he wasn't taking okay. a shot at anybody else, but wanted to give props to Rivers. I'm just trying to stir shit up. Yeah. Thanks for uh, Peyton was overrated, right? Right, right, right. Uh, anyway, so as I was saying, uh, he, he's he's always said I've always believed that, right? That he he's very very intelligent. I mean, obviously the guy. First of all, I mean look look at his look at his throwing motion. Look at his lack of athleticism. I mean, obviously he's got something going on, right? Right. <laughs> so the guy's right. definitely I wanted, smart. I, I, I was waiting to see it. Like I didn't get it the first. Four <laughs> right. Weeks. So so clearly the guy's smart. I mean, they don't. He's not out there because he's a great athlete. Okay. So well, anyhow, my point is. <laughs> right. So, so what I'm getting at is this: uh, if you, when you offset that though with games like, or, or I guess decisions like you made in the Cleveland game, now I start questioning all of that. It's like, okay, yeah, he's smart, but he can't, he can't save himself from yeah. himself. So, yeah. but he's too smart but, to but play. We're this seeing dumb. it now, right. right? But now we're seeing the good decisions. We're seeing. Uh, the guy who's in control of the offense. We're seeing the guy who, who has, uh, who, who's pushing the right buttons at the right time, and and I think this team has really, really benefited from it. So yeah, I, I, I'm all, I'm with you. Is what I'm saying. I'm totally with you on it. Um, you know what I'm with? I'm well, with the defense because that defensive line is a monster, and it's not just one game. It's not just three games. It's seven games in. And they're dominating games. They made Matthew Stafford's life miserable today. It's not just Buckner. It's Houston. It's Tyquan Lewis. It's Autry who had two sacks today. That unit deserves some props. So what I love about the defense uh, today and, and really all season is is the playmaking. It's not the yards. It's not the, the opponent passer rating. It's not any of that. It's the playmaking. It's mm-hmm. taking That's the ball away. It is That's something Ballard mentioned on, last year. He said yeah. we need to make more of those game-changing plays. Yeah, it's getting sacks on third down. They had five sacks today. You know, three of those were on third down. That's what I'm talking about, right? And and it's it's just having a knack for big plays at the right time. Darius Leonard, there is no greater example than that. His middle it's name third, is, is playmaker. I mean, that dude, right. that strip he had today was vicious. It's a third down. And long, and Iberflus now is starting to realize. I mean, he's always known this, but he's he's deploying him more, I think, in this way, and hopefully will continue to do that uh, in in such a way that he's teeing him up right for a big play. He's like, all right, go get the quarterback. Well, he he did that in college all the time. Now, granted, he's not in the. Uh, He's not if in the you MIAC know this conference. conference, I'll give you ten bucks right now. <laughs> I, I, it took me a second. I think I think they're the MEAC conference, if I'm not mm. mistaken, South Carolina State. But anyway, th- this is clearly not that, right? <laughs> they're not playing like Howard this week, so uh, that that that's a little different. However, uh, the skill set is there, and it, it was there. They just don't really do that in this defense. But you break the rules for a guy like Darius Leonard. To hell with that, right? And so. They see that. They know that. They do it with Kenny Moore as well. And so he put Darius Leonard in position right over the quarterback. Go chase the quarterback. And I love what Darius said afterward. He's like, if I get there, I got to get the football. 
Mm-hmm. It's not good enough to just to take the guy down. Uh, that to him is just a run of the mill play. He's like, I want the ball. He says, I should get the ball if I get there. I should get the ball ninety five percent of the time. Ninety <laughs> five? Like what? <laughs> so that's Darius. Hey, and, and you know else. what? And I and I tweeted this afterward. And, and you've seen his whole career since eighteen when it started. He really had that crazy breakout game against the Redskins that year. He had nineteen tackles in week yeah. two. But it's not the tackles and it's not the production that jumps out to me about Darius. It's all those game changing plays. If you look mm-hmm. at his forced fumbles, his interceptions, his sacks, his safeties, all that stuff, the pace he's on is, is Hall of Fame stuff. It just it's so much further than anyone else that plays his position. Not just in terms of tackles, but in terms of all those game-changing plays. And you saw it the minute he got back on the field today compared with the last two weeks with the defense. I mean, he just changes the game. And it's not just the energy and all that stuff that you always see and hear. Um, he, I mean, that that was a drive. The Lions were going to score some points. And instead of getting a right. field goal, at the very worst, they lost the football because Darius Leonard <laughs> takes it away at 90%, 95% of the time when he, when he <laughs> blitzes. But... It is fun to watch him play. There's just there's just some guys on this team. It's just so fun to watch them play football. I'm putting Kenny Moore in that category too. But Darius Leonard, man, he he's really coming into his own, and he's on his way to another All Pro season despite a couple games on the bench because of that uh, injury. To reinforce the point you just made, I did the research on this a little bit ago for my story. He has played 33 games as a professional football player. He has seven forced fumbles. And this is an off-the-ball linebacker. I mean, he yeah, he makes side. a lot of tackles, granted. So he's around the football a lot. But but a lot of times the forced fumbles come on sacks or, you know, when when you're playing up front, you know, the, the front four defensive linemen oftentimes, they're the first point of contact. And a lot of times, you know, they'll get some forced fumbles. But he has seven forced fumbles. I mean, these guys games. on the other side are coached and paid not to do that, not to fumble the football, right. to treat the football like the most important thing in the world, and he's taking it away at an alarming clip. And he's athletic enough to make interceptions, pick sixes before. I mean, this guy, is he's going to have crazy statistics by the end of his third and fourth and fifth year. It's just, it's just absurd numbers he's going to put up. And I'll circle this back to, to the point I made to, to originate this whole thing. It's not just, all right, a run-of-the-mill sack or whatever, or, or even like, you know, hey, you, you, you strip the ball from a guy and, and, you know, the ball comes out, run-of-the-mill play. That happens, right? right. No, there, you think back now. Think back to some of the plays he has made. Go back two years ago in Oakland. He won the game. Okay, oh, yeah. With that was a, takeaway. a signature Darius play. That was I, – I covered Derrick Brooks for a long time, and I – to this day, I said that is the most Derrick Brooks play I've ever seen. I mean, I think that – was it Doug Martin, I believe? I can't remember who the running back was, but it doesn't matter. He didn't have the football by the time it was over. I mean, they were here they are. The Raiders are driving two-minute offense, trying to get down and tie the game, and Darius says, my ball, and takes it away. Yep. Game over, and they go home. Uh, Merry Christmas. Remember, that was Christmas Eve. Thanks a lot, Colts. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> anyway, but my point is, these are these are these are memorable plays, and that's the kind of thing uh, that he has now established a reputation for. You know, it, you can rack up a lot of tackles, you can you can get a lot of numbers, okay, and make plays that no one will ever care about. Right? No one he's will doing, ever remember them. He's doing both. Yes. 
And these are the plays that's becoming the signature. In 5, 10, 15 years, you're going to cover, if you're still covering, you're going to look back and say, whoa, that guy just made a Darius Leonard play because he's starting to put his right. signature on it, right? That's right. And it is so fun to watch. And I know Colts fans love it because it's just fun to watch this defense and, and the fans that have followed this team closely. Think about the growth of this defense over the last four years, the way they've rebuilt it and added piece by piece. And there's guys like Leonard and Buckner and Kenny Moore, but there's also guys like Blackman who are bursting out this year. Kari Willis has quietly been very, very solid from the strong safety spot. Okariki um Autry Grover Stewart I gotta be honest it's fun to watch a defense that's that good that consistent um it gives you a lot of confidence I think if you're the offense and I think you're seeing that and I think that's why I think we both can agree that this team is sort of coming together in a in a way that's playing complementary football and they're going to get a great test next week and I'm, I'm pumped because I think they're going to give themselves a pretty good chance to beat Baltimore yeah I mean we can dig into that here in a bit. I, before we get to that, I, I want to touch on the AFC, the AFC South got a little more interesting today, okay, because Tennessee went yeah. down, okay, and I did not see this coming. I think that was 21-10 to Cincinnati. I did not see that coming, as I said, and I don't know what it necessarily says about the Titans, but I got to think, this is a, a team that's more vulnerable than people thought, maybe. You know, I mean, here we, here we were. Right. Yeah. Here, here we were a couple weeks ago thinking, okay, is anybody going to beat this team? Now they lost two in a row, one to, you know, one of the best teams in football, granted, the Steelers. But this is not a good look today. I, I got I to gotta go watch the tape and see what happened. But this is not a good look. And, and I got to tell you, this team. The Colts, they're they're going one way. The Titans might be going the other way. I mean, I don't want to overreact, like I said at the outset of this, but you certainly can't make the case that the Titans are are having a good stretch here, right? The Colts, meanwhile, they look great. And we will see. It's going to be a different level of test coming up, certainly. Yeah. But I, I got to tell you, I, I think it's the timing of, of all this is very interesting. You know, we have talked at length about how the Colts were five and two last year. And then we all know what happened, right? Yeah. But this team is in a very different place than that team was. Uh, that yeah. team was dealing with a lot of injuries. That team uh, was, was still uh, not in a great place from the, from a quarterback position, obviously just because Andrew Luck had recently retired. I know that Jacoby Brissett was doing an adequate job, but you know they were still trying to figure themselves out. Their passing game wasn't great. We know I think all those teams things. figured them out. That I, could and, be and, too. And the injuries played a role, and you didn't have Ty. I get that, but I think teams figured out what they wanted to do. They beat the they beat the Chiefs by running it down their throat, and then when you crowd the box and Jacoby couldn't beat you deep, the Colts became one dimensional, predictable. That goes back to what we talked about at the very outset of tonight's podcast: is they're becoming complementary, both the run in the pass, and I felt like the pass is setting up the run, and I felt like we saw that today. The run game wasn't going anywhere. Rivers got rolling. Then you saw Wilkins bust some plays open. So this offense is much more multidimensional and versatile, and it can beat you in different ways, and last year it couldn't. So we'll see if that bears out, but um, some fun games the next couple weeks. I'm excited to see this defense against Lamar Jackson, against Aaron Rodgers, and then two against Tannehill and the Titans. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting uh, to see, you know, how does Tennessee respond to this. But I will tell you this: 
the bottom line here, the thing that you need to know, the most important thing here is both teams are five and two. And so they're tied atop the AFC South right now. I mean, long, long, long way to go. Okay. Granted, I get that. But look, I mean, we're at a point in the season where, where teams are starting to, their identities are starting to, to solidify and crystallize a little more. So you, you have a better idea of what you're dealing with right now in terms of, of who these teams are. And, and I, I like who the Colts are becoming. And, and we will see if the, if the Titans, we'll see if this is really who they are. You know, they've got to figure that out. Uh, they're, they're giving up quite a few plays. I mean, I'm looking at what the, the Bengals were able to do today. And, you know, it, it's, it gives you some pause. There's no to question the about it. the Colts' credit, they came back and took care of business against the Bengals. You know, and that was just two weeks ago. So, right. um, I don't know. We'll see how Tennessee responds. But I think everyone knows, and we talked about this last week, it's two-horse race in that division. I think the Colts know that. The, the Titans understand that. And like Philip Rivers said today, everything they want to accomplish is still in front of them. They're in a really good spot. They've done what they expected to do, right? What a lot of people expected them to do, five and two, over a pretty easy start to this season. Um, now it gets real, but um, they, they're they going to have to prove it in, in November because the November is going to reveal what kind of team they really are. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One thing, and we touched on this earlier, but I want to circle back to it. Uh, I have to say, from a coaching standpoint, uh, I'm going to give them a lot of credit. And, and maybe it's because they're coming off the bye week. I don't know. But 
I, I'm going to give them a lot of credit. A couple of things. Number one, uh, Frank Reich, I, I think there have been some times this year where maybe he, he at least appeared to be a little stubborn. Today, he was not. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I was among those somewhat earlier in the game where uh, I was among those people who was, was kind of wondering, all right, he's being a little stubborn with the – a little hard-headed with the run uh, when it wasn't really producing – but I thought he opened it up. I mean, they, they threw the ball a, a pretty good amount today. And and, and so it would have been more successful if, there, if it weren't for a couple of drops, honestly, on, on first and second down that put right. them in some third and long situations. But my point is, I, I thought he showed a lot more flexibility today and, and no greater example than in the running back situation. Um, as you kind of joked earlier, right, I don't think that, that Jordan Wilkins is now the starting running back, but... But I will say this, uh, he he certainly th- – it was not the game plan for for Jordan Wilkins to carry the ball nearly as much as he did today. That was not the plan. And it was really Frank Reich stepping up and saying, all right, you know what? I'm not going to bang my head against the wall. And he talked about going with the hot hand. And, yeah. you know, and, and I like the way he – he did not uh, stubbornly, you know, run Naheem Hines between the tackles all day. For example, he got him involved in other ways, and you know, we talked about Philip Rivers growing into his role, and 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 the players around him, you know, starting to to acclimate to him, and and all that sort of crystallizing now. Finally, uh, that happens on the coaching end too, I think. So I, I got to give Frank Wright credit. This was one of his better games, I thought, uh, because. There have been moments this year to doubt him. I don't think that's unfair. And we've talked about this. This was not one of them, though. I agree completely. And you felt that. Um, and, and the funny part is, back in the spring, Frank would say, well, you know, Marlon's the starter, and if Jonathan gets hot, we're going to ride the hot hand. Well, Marlon's not playing right now, and Jonathan's the starter. And all of a sudden, it becomes very clear that Jordan Wilkins has the hot hand, and Naheem Hines is kind of like a split-back wide receiver for them. And it kept working though, and he's finding ways to get his guys in position to be successful, which is basically the definition of what good coaching is. So, um, it's fun to it's fun to watch this offense evolve. And if you feel like the defense is still kind of left guessing, like where are they going to attack me? That's a huge compliment to Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni. And look, they were struggling early. The offense looked predictable and unoriginal, in my opinion. Um, it did not feel like that today. It didn't feel like that against the Bengals the last three quarters. So we'll see how they do against one of the better defenses in football and the Ravens next week. But, um, yeah, I think really Frank Reich really is starting to show um, how good he can be as a play caller and as a head coach because they they really, um, you know, without T.Y. Hilton, without Marlon Mack, they're really spreading the ball around and still putting points up on the board. 41 points today is the most they scored since that Oakland game you mentioned that was two years ago. Hmm. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I, I think really showed up today is honestly just talent. I, I think you watched those two football teams today. Did you have any doubt which one had more talent? Yeah, that's a good point, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm starting to see the Colts' talent on defense show up every week. It's Okariki, it's Kenny Moore, it's Buckner one week, it's Darius, obviously, today. Um, yeah, that's 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 really true. There's a lot of it, and it's spread out throughout the defense. You know, we we often hear, and and we're at fault for some of this, but we we often hear from from readers and fans, oftentimes, 
you know, when we cover training camp, oh, you guys hyped this guy in training camp all yep. through camp. And he did this and he did that. And then he's a bum now. What's going on with that? Listen, that does happen. Okay. And, and all we can do is, is tell you what we see. But what I will say is a lot of what we saw in training camp is starting to actually translate you know him, him when, throwing the ball all over the place to every position yeah, to tight everybody. Ends, running backs. yep <laughs> you know and i i think about uh guys like trey burton for example now i don't today wasn't a huge day for trey but 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 just in in recent games we started like last game for example against cincinnati he really got involved in that game and we started to see what we saw shades of in training camp for example uh Jack Doyle was always involved in training camp, right? And and we're starting to see him slowly get more involved. Naheem Hines, for sure, was they, they he was all about Naheem Hines. Philip Rivers was in training camp, mm-hmm. and you're starting to see that. You know, uh, it's taken them a while to get there, but but anyhow, what my what I'm saying though is uh, that ability that we saw. Look, I, I mean, I know a player when I see one. You know, I mean, sometimes it doesn't always pan out, but I mean, right. I, knew I can Derek tell you a bad football player in training camp in 19. Right, right, right. Right. And and so, you know, I don't go out there and just hype a guy uh, just because I like him. I mean, you know, he's got to show me something. And, and I think I'm just telling you, I, I really saw a talent uh, difference between these two teams today. Uh, and it's a it's a compliment to the job the Colts have done building this roster. Um, it, it's paying off. I mean, the speed, the the playmaking ability, just the uh, the toughness, all of those things. You know, particularly on the defensive side, uh, up front. You know, things like that. I mean, you are seeing those things, and that is the difference between a good team and a bad team, oftentimes. And it's why the Colts uh, have the chance to be really good this year. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how good they are in the next four weeks. I, I yeah. can tell you that. I mean, look, you know, if if this doesn't pan out, that's fine. I mean, we're not promising you anything. I, I just think they've done what they hoped to do, which is what? Put themselves in position. That's what they've done. Mm-hmm. And now you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. <laughs> you know? So we will see. Uh, what, 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 what's, the, what's the one thing you worry about in in these coming games is there you know we'll we'll get more into it in our second episode this week when we look ahead but but let's just peek just briefly what's the what's the thing that worries you about not just against the ravens but in general over this stretch they've got they got the ravens they got they got green bay they've got tennessee they got you know these tough matchups what worries you my answer is is one name it's ty hilton um ty left the game today with a groin and we don't know his status. We'll see if he practices this week. They won't be out in the practice field until Wednesday. But um, even if he does return, you know, what, what is T.Y. Hilton anymore? And we can go into this more deeply the, the later part of this week. But, you know, they don't have a number one receiver. And spreading the ball around is great. But to beat the best teams in football, you're going to have a guy that can just win straight up one-on-one mashups. It's not going to all be Frank Reich's scheme. Um, they used to have that in T.Y. Hilton. It doesn't seem like they have that right now. It doesn't seem like a breakout T.Y. Hilton game is coming. Uh, I thought it was. I thought as recently as last week, I probably said on this podcast, it felt like it was coming. It just doesn't seem like that. So we'll see. But um, that well, lack it can't of happen true, if he's not out there. Yeah, unfortunately. yeah. And even if he is, the lack of a true dominant number one receiver that could hold them back against the best teams in football. 
I think it's a great point. And it, they they feel a little bit right now <laughs> like the post-Randy Moss Patriots, <laughs> you know, which is like, all right, who wants to play receiver, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it worked, <laughs> okay? They they won some Super Bowls that way. And even then, I'm, I'm un- underselling some of those guys they had, right? I mean, I'm, that's not even fair to... Uh, to some of the the successful receivers they had there, so I, obviously I'm being ridiculous. They also had maybe the greatest tight end ever, so there's that. Um, maybe you've heard of him, Gronk. Yeah, but but it's interesting. It, it's a good point. I like I like that answer actually, and I think it is the one area they they could potentially get exposed. I mean, you're going to see some some really tough secondaries. You know, when you have to go up against Pittsburgh, for example. I mean, those guys. They're going to smother you, and you're going to have to make plays on that against that back end. So it's going to be very interesting. You know, we saw Ryan Tannehill have a hard time doing that. You know, uh, against that Pittsburgh defense. So going to be very interesting. I, I think that is a great point, and 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 whether they can overcome it is going to be a key to their success or lack thereof. Frankly, so we'll see. Uh, but Zach, for the moment, I like this team. Five and, and two. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, look, if nothing else, are you having fun? I mean, not you, but the listener, right? I mean, you should be having fun. You should be enjoying it. Oh, I think so. I think it's a fun defense to watch. Rivers is picking it up. Frank's, you know, really showing off a little bit on offense in terms of all the different ways he can attack a defense. It's fun. It's going to be a fun November and December. Yeah, all I can tell you is I feel good about this team's ability to compete against what's coming. Whether they win is up to them. But I think think they're, they're in that class where they're cut above sort of the average team out there. I don't think they're an average team. I think they're better than that. And and how much better, that's up to them. We will see. So lots to dig into later this week. Stay tuned. The, uh, the talk of the Baltimore game will certainly uh, ramp up later this week, and we'll be covering it all at The Athletic. Check out our post-game coverage on our site. Uh, lots to talk about there as well and yeah i'm looking forward to it all so thanks for listening i'm stephen holder with zach keever and this is one percent